0: It is episode number four of Tank's Talks, and today is something that's really, really close to my heart. So it's going to be the first time that I really talk about autism um, and how autism plays a role in my life, my family's life, and particularly within the subject of self-diagnosis, which right now... It's a really relevant subject, it's quite a spicy subject, Um, and it's something that I actually feel is incredibly important to talk about. So before I go anywhere, if you are relatively new here or if you don't know, my son, who is 12, is diagnosed with autism. He was diagnosed around six years ago, Um, so autism as a parent. All I have ever really known, Um, and then at the moment, my daughter, who is 10, is currently on the pathway. She has been officially referred for her autism assessment um, after realizing that actually she was showing quite a few autistic traits. So, where does that lead to with how it kind of affects my life and the sensitive subject? of self-diagnosis so before i start i'm an advocate for self-diagnosis but then i'm also against it so i do play a double role within this particular subject now i feel like self-diagnosis is really 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 relevant for some people but then for others it's actually something that social media is breeding quite dangerously so it's put it in layman's terms i as a woman that is 34 in two weeks (laughs) actually by the time this comes out i will possibly already be 34 um so i as a woman that is i'm pretty much in my mid-30s i have spent my whole life never fitting in i've never understood myself But then equally, I've never really understood other people. Um, And it wasn't until my son's diagnosis that I actually knew much about autism. So when I was younger, although it existed, you didn't really hear of diagnoses. Um, And if you did, it was normally those that actually had really high supportive needs that would be autistic so you're you're thinking along that asperger's line almost like that classical rain man situation um it wasn't kind of really something that even you had in classes at schools you had kids with adhd and they were stereotypically the naughty kids which is actually horrible to even think that that's how they would have like looked at but autism just it it wasn't a forefocus. It wasn't a diagnosis that was understood already happened. So when um, Warwick was diagnosed, I fought incredibly hard for his diagnosis because I knew I knew with him that there was there was differences and there was things that I was seeing as a parent, and he it, he just spoke so many autistic traits. It was incredible. Um so it's up until that point it wasn't something that had ever kind of come into play for myself um and in all honesty autism didn't become an option for me personally realistically until i met my wife um so i had always struggled in relationships whether that was understanding somebody else um and understanding somebody else's feelings Or them even beginning to understand me and mine. Um, And I'd always tried to kind of appease the people that I was with. um, And be that typical like good girl, well behaved. Kind of fit in that box but I never fit in it. Um, And then when I met Kelly. She was the first person to kind of really look at me. And notice that potentially my emotions my reactions my thoughts my feelings were a little bit different to what most people would have so she was actually the one that kind of came forward and said to me you know grace have you ever considered that potentially you might be autistic um, and it wasn't said in a nasty way. Well, it was actually said in a really helpful way because she could see that there were situations where I was struggling to understand myself or I was struggling to even voice myself. Um, and it was a conversation that kind of we we went round, we had. And then I noticed, um, and the school also noticed, that Brooke was starting to show kind of certain traits of autism. So luckily because of what you know the fight that I'd had with Warwick and his autism I was able to kind of spot that push for it um and push her through to an assessment um but actually Brooke and I are very 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 similar so it was around the time where the Senko kind of agreed actually there are traits there and she required a referral that it kind of really sunk in my head and I realised that I fit the autistic spectrum very, very well. And the more actually I dug into my soul, the more I looked into myself and the more that I learn about female autism in particular, because it is very, very different in representation to men, um, the more I recognised myself. It it was as if every part of me was suddenly falling into place um and I finally had an opportunity to understand myself, explain myself and also make sense of why I do the things I do and why I am the way that I am. Um now unfortunately in my county where i live at the moment there is around a four to five year waiting list for an adult diagnosis which would put me at about 38 39 potentially 40 if it got any longer before i was diagnosed um which for me is actually quite destructive if i have to spend the next four to five years of my life not knowing who I am not being able to say these are my needs or this is how I feel and why that's really quite detrimental so I made the decision to kind of self-diagnose um a little while ago just for my own mental clarity. It's not something that I'm massively forthcoming with. It's not something that I particularly advise others to do. Um, And I'm always very open in the sense that having had one child with a set solid diagnosis, another on the pathway um, indicates to me that actually I'm probably really valid in that diagnosis. And I did have a bit of a chat, actually, with um, the wonderful clinician that done my daughter's initial referral appointment. And she agreed that the waiting list is very, very long. Waiting for that time is very detrimental. And actually, a lot of women are completely misdiagnosed. Um, So therefore, self-validation is actually really very, quite valid, um, especially because autism is um a neurodiversity that has no treatment so therefore you might question well if i am somebody that is self-diagnosed why 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 do i not fully advocate self-diagnosis why why do i sometimes see it as something that's potentially quite dangerous um and it's simply because i have watched as an influencer tiktok become this hub for diagnosis. So you have people making videos about autistic traits or if you do this, you, you have ADHD. Um, and although they're videos that make it accessible, they make it relatable, and that is really, really, really good, It's also giving people the ability to look at those things, mesh them together and confirm that actually They, therefore, have autism. Um, And unfortunately, although autism has come a very, very long way, um, and neurodiversity in general has come a very, very long way, especially since I was younger, it's still not, like, where it needs to be. Um, We still have this saying, which I absolutely hate, and I actually find it quite derogatory, of we all fit the spectrum, because, actually, we don't all fit the spectrum, Um, we're not all a little bit autistic because that completely invalidates an autists natural struggles um, and it makes it seem like what they're experiencing how they're feeling and how they see the world isn't valid because everybody's on it Um, and it doesn't work like that you can have traits of autism without being autistic it's when there's either a really mass amount of traits or those traits start to worm and mesh together the autism autism becomes really quite relevant um so self-diagnosis from a social media point of view i think is very very hard if you don't have autism potentially already in your family um in quite close family i don't think self-diagnosis is a sensible idea or if you're um, particularly a younger person, I think it is a really good idea to potentially seek that diagnosis. Um, But I do think for somebody, I mean, put it this way, there's a lot of countries, and I've said this quite a few times on social media at the moment, there's a lot of countries where if a child is diagnosed, their mum is automatically assessed. That's how well known it is that if a child has a neurodiversity there's a big chance it's actually come from the mother line now ironically <laughs> my children's father is also um seeking his diagnosis so it's come i think from both sides with my two children my brother and my dad also show quite clear autistic traits so for me it's it's actually a really visible thing it's a really visible diagnosis and when you when you meet me when you know me when you see me you know in a somewhat comfortable state I actually think it's quite obvious um I've spent my whole life being told how rude I am how blunt I am how um I can be quite to the point and non-emotional um i always thought that's just because there was clearly something wrong with me and actually i get quite triggered if someone calls me rude it, it actually really gets me because i never ever aim to be rude that's not my intention i have no reason to want to be rude to somebody um it's just me saying what i think and what i feel so i find that really confusing but i've spent my entire life questioning why i'm a bad person because of those things when actually that i'm not i'm not a bad person i just don't fluff things up for other people like i don't have nothing and it winds me up i don't have filler words so you know I can be having a conversation with somebody that's neurotypical and they'll kind of fluff about a situation and a topic and they'll, they'll put almost like these little like buffery words in to try and make the delivery smoother. And I'm like, just say it how it is. Just fucking say it because then I can understand it. So that's my delivery on things and that's perceived to be rude by somebody that's neurotypical. Um, the amount of times I've been rude, like, called rude on social media... Uh, and i'm really not trying to be rude i'm just saying it how it is um i still don't feel like i've got that kind of sense of validation and acceptance at the moment that i can say openly particularly on tiktok actually i'm autistic um but yeah there's a lot of kind of factors with me where it's actually really 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 obvious um and I've got incredibly skilled at masking um and at covering up my traits and needs and things like that, even down to stimming. I stim all the time. Um I have a particular stim that a lot of people actually know me for and they think that I just do it because I'm nervous. It's not, I am literally stimming um so you know there's a there's a quite often an earlobe thing is part of the reason that I actually plugged my ears because it makes it easier for me to play with my earlobes but that's a really really common stim with me um so self-diagnosis I think as much as it can be valid as much as it can lift that lid for somebody um it can also be quite dangerous but then at the same time I think You know you better than absolutely anybody else Um, and it is true how misdiagnosed women can be. You've got women out there that are being diagnosed with BPD when actually they have autism or just severe depression when actually they're autistic. Women mask better than men can and will um, and that's really well known within the autistic community. So there's many women out there, especially my generation and older that are, are like autistic and they have absolutely no idea that that is the case. Um, so for women like that, women like myself, self, self-diagnosis self is, is so valid, it's so important. Um... But then you've also got that risk of giving the wrong impression to the wrong person or the wrong impression to uh, potentially a younger generation um, that kind of shuns autism towards a more dangerous side. Um, And what I mean when I say by that is is essentially an excuse for bad behaviour. So even I have seen some people excuse blunt sheer rudeness or you know nasty verging on narcissistic behavior for autism now that that is not that's a not an autistic trait autistic people are not narcissistic they're not deliberately rude and actually having autism doesn't inherently make you those things so it's that's where I find self diagnosis can be somewhat tricky to navigate and somewhat dangerous because that's definitely a representation that the autistic community don't want Um, but you know for me personally I don't have four to five years to wait to be able to say well actually this is who I am and this is what I need and I know better than any clinician who I am and what I need. I think that the current diagnosis structure is failing a lot of people and that's why self-diagnosis has become so, so vital to certain communities. Um, And actually the diagnosis um, assessment itself is much more tailored towards males than it is towards women. And that potentially needs to change because it's always been kind of thought that autism is very much a male-dominant um diagnosis and condition but it's not it actually affects women very 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 heavily um and we don't have enough female autism representation as it is so it it actually kind of a lot of women aren't enabled to get the diagnosis and the help that they need and they require um and that's why they seek a self-diagnosis Um, And actually, when you speak to a lot of the autistic community, I'm incredibly lucky in the sense that a lot of my following are neurodiverse. Um, And I don't know if that's because I've always spoken so openly about neurodiversity, if it's because they have something they relate to with me. Um, But, you know, the amount of messages, I've never, ever, ever had a message from another neurodiverse person that's told me that my self-diagnosis is not valid in fact it's the opposite a lot of them actually say your diagnosis is so so valid do not be afraid to say it don't be afraid to talk about it don't be afraid to help other people with it um you know and that i value so much because it's actually really hard feeling like you're not valid in a community that is potentially the only one that makes sense to you So it's generally the people that are neurotypical that will fight a self-diagnosis and say that, no, that's not possible. No, you can't do that. But actually you'll find that neurodiverse people won't generally do that. They won't be that kind of crass and rude. Um, So yeah, that's always an interesting, an interesting transaction, so to speak. Another thing that I actually find quite tricky as well is if I do talk about um, diagnosis or self-diagnosis or autism in general and myself as a person versus my, you know, my children, people be like, well, what are your symptoms? It's not an illness. I don't have symptoms because symptoms indicate that it can go away and it can't. Or, well, what, what are your traits? We don't come with a prescriptive list of traits that I can just reel off to you and tell you what I experience kind of thing like people want to question and I don't know sometimes if they want to question so that they can assess themselves against you or if they are assessing you and whether you are genuinely like that kind of thing but that can feel really quite intrusive quite like like invalidating especially the traits question i find that one really hard i was literally on a live on tiktok the other day and someone says to me well, well what are your traits and it's like well, well, what do you want me to do you literally want me to sit here and rattle off what's wrong with me because i don't think it's what's wrong with me it's just how i work um and i'm also really nervous as an influencer to list my traits or what people want to hear as traits just in case somebody's like well I relate to that and I'm like that so therefore I must be autistic too like I I wouldn't want to influence somebody else into their own method of diagnosis um mine literally only came about primarily because of my children and a little bit of self-awakening Um, And also because of my wife, you know. So I never realised that it wasn't particularly normal to not want to be touched. Um, It wasn't until I kind of met Kelly, who is very, very physical, that I realised that's not what's expected. Um, I'd never really been in a relationship before that was kind of physically quite loving. Um, So i actually really struggle with physical touch i'm okay with kelly now because i've built up that level of kind of trust and i know that actually that i had to compromise with her because that's what she needs um and i'm not stupid i'm just autistic i'm not selfish i'm just autistic like i can do that um but it took me some time so at first when she'd give me a hug i'd be really quite stiff i'd be like 'cause someone's touching me. Um, if she gave me a kiss I'd kind of I'd enjoy it but I'd I'd like I'd get to a point where I'd pull away. Um the only people that I'm physically really comfortable with showing affection is is my children. So, you know, I'll give my kids the biggest cuddle in the world. They're my kids kind of thing. Um even to the point where if I'm at the hairdressers and the hair she's washing my hair, Kelly laughs at this i'm literally like get the fuck off me i can feel her on my whole face and for about three hours afterwards i'm like i just want to scrub my face because i can still feel her on me like it's still there um and it really bothers me if someone just generally touches me i'm like i can feel you for ages on me please get off um and things like that so i think that was quite a shocking revelation for both kelly and myself and then there's that emotional side as well so Kels is quite she's a very sensitive soul she's very very emotionally in tune she's very um she's she's very very loving very very kind of affectionate she's very very loving not just physically but emotionally too so it for her you know there's lots of i love you she wants to she wanted to talk to me all the time not in a possessive way but she just wanted to talk to me you know she would text me good morning she'd text me good night she she'd do all of these things but for me it didn't register that i had to do those things like if i walk into a room i don't even sometimes register that i need to say hello to you let like, alone text you in the morning and then text you again at night. I could go days without speaking to you. And it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't want to speak to you. It's just that I know you're there. So in my head, I'm like, it doesn't register that I probably should check in with that person. Um, And I can see now that to some people I probably could be considered quite cold and quite almost kind of clinical in the way that I am but actually I am incredibly loving um I just don't necessarily show it in typical ways um so they were kind of like I think the first indicators really for Kelly to be like actually you're quite similar to Warwick and then when Kelly became my person when I learned that she was like a safe space for me that dynamic completely changed now i'm like right you can touch me i can touch you like you're i want to talk to you all the time are you there are you okay like she's my person um and it's a really really strange dynamic and it's it's kind of things that i don't really talk about publicly but they i think that was her first biggest kind of indicator um and then the first argument we had me and kelles don't really argue i can count maybe on fucking two hands how many times we've argued in three years um we talk we don't argue with each other but the only time we have really argued i am very very to the point i don't shout at all really but i will be like bang 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 that is my argument this is what i think and i'm gonna leave that there with you um i don't i've definitely that i have not even an ounce of fluff during those situations um and i never realized that that can be quite kind of like cutting and quite like boom so yeah there's been there's been a lot that's come through kelly that's really made me see myself um and see traits that i just thought were was me as a bad person was actually it's, that's my autism um and then on the flip side of that you've got (laughs) you've almost got like a big kid in me sometimes like sensory i can be really aware i'm really really noise sensitive um i stim so much like so much and i never realized how much i was holding stims in so the earlobe is like a safe stim but trust me i'll be flapping clapping like all sorts of things and i now do that in public i'm that much more comfortable with myself than what i once was um and I've really kind of made a conscious effort to drop the mask. So I've actually lost a lot of friends, a hell of a lot of friends, who um, liked to claim that I was distorting things and changing a narrative when I was started to speak about my feelings, my situations, things that I'd been through, things that I'd done and it wasn't that I was doing any of those things, it's like I was literally talking from the point of view that I felt and that I saw, which potentially is a little bit different to how they saw it and how they felt it, Um and for once in my life I was like, you know what, I'm not bending my narrative to fit you and to soothe you, so if you don't like how I've perceived something felt something taken something dealt with something been through something that's not my fault and i'm not going to mask for you so my dynamic of friendships really really changed as well when i started to come forward and be more open about my autism my autistic needs um and not necessarily label them like label the reasons as autism but just be a lot more kind of comfortable in the natural me and talking through things i'd been through um a lot of people that thought they knew me they knew a version of me that i wanted them to know because my mask keeps me safe um didn't like that kind of in conclusion i think that for me self-diagnosis is the most valid thing that i could ever do for myself Um, and I think for many many women specifically it will be um, because we seem to be very hard creatures to diagnose (laughs) unless it is like literally staring you in the face Um, and a lot of women of my generation need that level of comfort in who they are, why they are the way they are and understanding themselves because if you are not aware that you are autistic you are at risk of hitting autistic burnout. And autistic burnout can take years to recover from. Um And that is not something that anybody wants to have to go through. So, you know, in that moment, actually, self, self-diagnosis is, is so important. The pathway to getting a diagnosis tough nobody should have to wait four to five years so that they can understand who they are and we have to bear in mind that actually all no, all no like neurodiversities require a level of self-awareness self-diagnosis self not self-diagnosis self-awareness and self-acceptance um however you know adhd a diagnosis clinically um entitles you to some medications um autism doesn't have that it it actually a clinical diagnosis technically is just that it's just a diagnosis it doesn't it kind of give you an entry into anything help wise you're given this diagnosis and you're just left with it and that's it um and even a private diagnosis yes it can happen yes you can get one if you're willing to pay a grand and a lot of the time it's not recognized by the nhs so it's actually useless anyway so i don't think that gap has been bridged yet for adult diagnosis um and i think it's something that actually really does need to be improved it needs to be worked on i think you've got a lot of women out there that are Absolutely in mental despair because they don't have any idea that what they are experiencing is actually autism. And trust me when I say that I have spent my whole life having to live in a world that I don't understand and that I'm constantly trying to fit into, that is exhausting. The mask that I wore for absolute decades of my life every single day is so exhausting so you know you've got women 30 40 50 60 that have probably been depressed their whole lives anxious my anxiety honestly at times has crippled me it's stopped me from really leaving my house properly um and they have no idea that that is potentially bred from being autistic so is a self-diagnosis valid i think it is personally um is a self-diagnosis important to some people yes to some people like me that probably never stand a chance of really getting a clinical diagnosis or waiting for a very very long time for one i do think that's very important um so it's the tiktok diagnoses that I don't think are necessarily safe um and I think it's very easy for people to sit here and list off all these traits if you have these traits then you you know you could potentially have autism or ADHD but I don't think that's actually helping anybody so you know the autistic community is growing it is definitely coming on leaps and bounds it is definitely getting to that point where equality inclusivity like diversity it's all starting to become so prevalent in everyday life um but i think that actually there's a long long way to come for autistic people um and if you are sitting there wondering whether you potentially have autism Um, then I would say personally either do a hell of a lot of research like a lot of research don't just jump to self-diagnosis straight away it took me a long long time to get to that point where I was like actually this makes sense for me like we're talking a couple of years Um, and if you are comfortable if you're happy to then definitely seek medical kind of diagnosis so have a chat with your GP see if you can be put on that pathway um, and get that kind of clarification for yourself for me I might potentially one day seek a private diagnosis it's something that's kind of really bubbled in and out of my head a lot over the last kind of couple of months Um, and it's figuring out what that diagnosis would actually give to me as a person because ultimately it doesn't change really anything for me um apart from a bigger level of understanding but I'm kind of at the point where and actually a lot of autistic women have said this that ultimately a clinician cannot tell you what you are and are not in that sense um and the kind of there's so much stigma around female diagnosis to the point where actually some some clinicians won't diagnose you for fear of further stigma um there's also a lot of like I've said misdiagnosis it it gets misrepresented for so many other things um and I think that puts a lot of women off diagnosis I think they fear it I know I certainly at times have really like feared seeking that that level of certainty through fear of misdiagnosis or being told that I'm wrong and then that just leaves me in a complete state of absolute well what on earth is going on um so that's where kind of self-diagnosis becomes really valuable for me because ultimately if I have a child that is diagnosed I've got another one that is mid-diagnosis and I am naturally incredibly similar to both those children does that not say it all for me who knows but um I know that self-diagnosis has been a very hot topic I know that a lot of creators have come under fire for self-diagnosis and I know that um some media representation such as the BBC has been very questionable and as has actually not advocated and spoken well for the autistic or neurodiverse communities um which i think is very very unfair but i would just simply say as i've just said take your time do your research and don't just jump to that diagnosis i think it's something that really does it does take time to settle in yourself so that's kind of the start of tanks talks and autism it's still a relatively fresh subject for me. It's still something that's quite new. And something that I've not necessarily. Fully worked out. About myself yet. So. It's it's a, it's a developing one. This one. But um, I'm going to wrap it up there for today. As always thank you. As always I love you. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Whether you are on Spotify. Or on YouTube. Because basically. I just, I would like it if you did. And, um, I will catch you next week where I actually haven't fully planned out next week's episode yet. So I'm kind of not going to wing it, but I'm going to see where this week takes me because, um, I'm recording this one two weeks in advance because it's my birthday week. So this is going to come out on Tuesday and it's my birthday on Friday. So, um, yeah, peace out. I will catch you soon. And I can't believe that actually, on this episode, Tanks Talks is officially a month old again. That feels like a birthday within a birthday week. That's banging. Love ya.